Hey guys, welcome to Wing It. This is a podcast where every week myself, Aisha, will be talking to my bezzy mate Yvonne about <laughs> about our life. So um, that is literally anything and everything. So we hope that you enjoy it. Every single week it's going to be a different topic. So we always welcome uh, new ideas, new discussion points, uh, whatever you guys want to hear us talking about, just holler. Um, and we will be discussing it and winging it. Whoop. Hey guys, welcome to another instalment of your favourite podcast with Aisha and Yvonne. We have Wing It. To be honest, we've had some hard-hitting episodes over the last couple of weeks, so thank you to all the regular listeners that are giving us feedback and letting us know what you think. And off the back of last week's episode... For anybody who didn't join us last week, we were talking about body image, particularly of women, but it definitely does apply to men as well, about really looking at yourself in the mirror, not being happy with what you see, which is obviously a really bad mentality and a bad habit to get into, talking about makeup, body hair. I think I mentioned my bowels at some point, and that's why... We thought we'd delve into these topics a little bit more and really have a bit of a laugh. And what better episode or what a better thing to laugh about than to do an episode on some topics that we probably shouldn't be laughing about. There's so much awkwardness and so much tension and taboo and so many kind of forbidden topics out there. And it's not so much these days, like me and I should have discussed before that, we are kind of ge- the generation that are breaking down these stereotypes, breaking down these stigmas and things like mental health are finally being spoken about. So we want to shout about them, discuss them. And there might be some things that Aish probably finds a bit awkward talking about or has a different viewpoint to myself. So we just wanted to discuss a few of these topics that we had in mind with you guys and hear your thoughts as well. So Aisha, I know we had a couple of topics on the list we wanted to discuss. Some of them range from being quite mild to being quite hard hitting. So I don't know if we want to ease in everybody listening with a couple of lighthearted, you know, smaller topics before we go in with the boom, bam, bosh, big topic. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess on a daily basis, like... I feel like me and you are always discussing things that shouldn't really be discussed in like open public society. On the bus. Yeah, yeah. But you're right, like these things need to be, not need to be talked about, but if they're not talked about, that's when it becomes awkward and hard and things just become complicated or brushed underneath the carpet. But one thing I know that we said, well, I mean, starting off quite light here, I know one thing we mentioned that was always something really, really awkward to talk about, which is ironic because we both spent quite a lot of time trying to teach people about it, is money. But not money in like the financial education sense. Money as in when you talk about money and like just in general conversation, like it's just awkward when someone brings up something like a salary or something like borrowing money or unemployment, 100%. it's just so awkward to talk about. Or even something like, I remember you mentioned earlier, like even when you're in a restaurant and it comes to that point where the bill comes 
and you're like, there's just like that awkward silence where you're not really sure what to say <laughs> Who's or how to go about it. Yeah. Unless obviously you know the person really, 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 really well. Well, this is what shocked me when I first met Rohan. So obviously we, I knew he existed for three years when I, I got to know you all those years yeah. ago, but I only met him last year and he, every time I saw him, he was like, I'm paying the bill. No, okay. In this culture, we split the bill. Like, there's even a taboo about whether we should split it and count out exactly every single oh, penny that everybody owns. That. Me and you, we know we know each other, so we're just like, right, we split it down the middle. We shared half of it. I stole half of your sushi. We're just splitting it half and half, right? True story. But then, yeah. when there's like 14 people and we're all like <laughs> counting the pennies, or if you've got somebody who's a big drinker and had a couple of cocktails or a yeah, couple of gins. so true. I get it. I don't want to pay for their bloody gins. Yeah. But, you <laughs> yeah. know, it's just like, and every time you calculate it, we never get it right anyway. Someone always ends up paying a little bit extra while everybody else mm. has left the table and left us all with the bill anyway. Yeah. And then there's always like the thing of tips, like, because oh. I've never been brought up to like tip a lot. Like it's never really it never really crosses my mind but then other people will like tip really generously and then it will look really bad if you don't tip and then you don't have any cash anyway and then you're just sat there like okay I'm looking like a really like selfish pig right yeah. now yeah <laughs> and even stuff like people's budgets so something when I've been doing my research for my website is to be able to discuss anonymously and it was very specific you discuss anonymously a holiday budget mm was really important yeah. to some people who did my survey because nobody yeah. wants to be like, right, I can afford a big budget holiday, but you also don't want to be, you don't want to feel ashamed and you shouldn't feel ashamed for wanting to spend on a budget, but people do feel ashamed for maybe spending on average a hundred pound less or 20 pound less per night on a holiday. So we're all earning very different salaries. I get I know. it. I think yeah, everyone has a different relationship with money. And I think when you're growing up, like as a child, if your family or if your parents, if they're not very, if there's not a kind of open communication, then you're not used to talking about things like that. Like it's with anything, like as a kid, if not, if you're not, if you're not taught about sex as a kid from your parents or no one tells you about your period. Sorry, I'm going into other topics. This is great. Just, We're uh, leveling up the topics now. It's great. But just as an example, like then you always grow up thinking that it's like this taboo topic that's just forbidden and that you shouldn't talk about. And I'm talking about this from personal experience, obviously, because from a from a South Asian background, these things are never spoken about ever, ever. You're just expected to learn about them. I don't know where from, which in my opinion is worse because then you're learning about them from probably the wrong resources. But anyway. You're talking about <laughs> sex and periods, right? Not money. Well, <laughs> everything. Because, because what about... Yeah, because what about, you know, you've never, you're never taught about debt or you're never taught about loans. And then you're like, oh, cool. Like, uh, my friend's got a credit card. Let's take out a credit card. Right. You don't have no idea how it works. You're not sure. No one's ever physically taught you what it is. And then by the age of 25, 26, you're in all of this debt. Like, it's with anything. If things aren't talked about openly from a young age and you're not used to talking about them, it means that you find it awkward to talk about and you can never be honest about it. And that's where, that's where the problems start coming from. It's so true. And you make a good point. Like, I, to be honest, I wouldn't say that we really spoke about these topics in my household. Obviously, in my household, it was just me, mum and dad. So they had to deal with, obviously, having an only child, 
but also yeah. having a woman. So obviously the woman and uh, the, the girl and dad relationship is always a bit like, oh, should we really be talking about periods? <laughs> dad, go and buy me a pack of pads. Yeah. Is that topic ever going to come up? You know what I mean? Like dads, I think, obviously I'm not a dad, but I can, you know, empathize. Yeah. Like, oh, it's a bit of a, you know, a bit of an iffy subject. But like you said, I, I still, I don't know about you, but mo- I say nine out of 10 things in life I am ha- like this is the reason me and you are doing a podcast. We can discuss all of the in quotation marks embarrassing or things that you probably shouldn't be chatting about. Inappropriate. Yeah, something that I shock people with that I openly mm. talk about, and I think it really shocked you and our colleagues at our old company. Is I openly talk about my bowel habits, <laughs> and yes. That, I mean, you can definitely comment on the receiving side of that, Aisha, right? But <laughs> I will tell, honestly, if I feel comfortable with you to tell you what my bowels were like this morning, like, I, I'd happily do that. Uh, yeah, a day wasn't really complete, guys, without uh, an Yvonne's bowel story. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Anybody listening, this is probably a bit TMI, but I don't care. The amount of times I was sitting there texting these guys in the group chat sitting in slough station i was like guys i'm literally 10 minutes across the street but i can't leave the toilet right now i'll be there as soon as i can if you could take that first parents meeting i'll be happy oh my god it was too much it was so entertaining though and yeah i think now that i know you really really well like i don't think it even crosses my mind at the fact that it phases me like I don't know if that makes sense, but like, it's just not even a thing anymore. But I think, but, but you're quite, you're quite honest anyway. Too like honest. You say, <laughs> you say th- yeah, but it's true. Like you just say things as they are. So whatever you're talking about, so whether that's like anything to do with your body or like, because I remember when I first met you and you told me you had diabetes, like I was asking you all of these questions because I had no, I've never met anyone with diabetes before. And you were just giving me the facts like there and then there was just no embarrassment, nothing there was just no nothing there to be ashamed of and I think when it comes to like physical health a lot of people are not not ashamed but they're embarrassed when of course I understand why but like even with because I know quite a few people with IBS in my family there are quite a lot of people who suffer from kind of like stomach or bowel problems so in my family like anyway it's something that we've always talked about and even when you go to the doctors like they ask you so many like personal questions anyway it's kind of hard to avoid the topic of course but the thing is if you don't talk about it how is anyone going to know if you're in pain or suffering like in when especially if like if, if it's in your family so when it comes to that kind of stuff like doesn't faze me i was gonna say is it something you you openly talk about with your family and maybe other friends is there like a couple of friends where you'd be like right i can't talk about um, this stuff? like my really 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 like close friends i can talk about anything with. yeah also, there's the divide of men and women. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I think there's a difference, right? I'm not going to go telling all of my intricate details about my period pains and stuff like that to to a bloke. But what I think is really important is for men not to cringe, like visibly cringe at the word period or the word vagina. Or menstruation. <laughs> Any Yes. Anything to do with a woman's bodily functions. Should a woman... But I mean, we're going to get into this in the relationships episode. We have a lot to say about that. But <laughs> men need to learn these stuff 
Because if you're going to be with a woman for up to 50 years, you need to know when she's on her period. You need to know what to get her if she can't physically leave her bed because she's in pain. Also, if you're going to have children, you are going to be going through the whole thing with her. Like there's this guy at work, bless him, and he walked in on me and two other girls chatting about, I can't remember what we're talking about, something women related. And he came in and one of the girls was like, oh, avert your ears. And he was like, I had a baby this year. Yeah. There's probably nothing that you can say that would phase me. And that is how men need to be. But I feel like with men, like they reach this stage, like this maturity stage that once they're married and have kids, it's like a thing that they have to talk about. And they have to accept. They have to accept it because it's a part of life. Like, they are here on this earth because of these reasons. So they have to acknowledge it. They have to understand. And if they're going to be the most supportive partner they can be, they need to be on it. They need to empathise and they need to understand. I'm not going to lie. I don't think my partner really understood the, the sheer pain and suffering that us women go through until lockdown. Because Mm. he's obviously seen me at home for the past seven months. He sees me not being able to get out of bed. I think for me, that was the turning point is when we started living together, you know, because you see it day in, day out. And, you know, you buy a waste bin for every bathroom, like little stuff like this that men would never buy. And it's a part of the daily routine. I'm now charging every single period pad or every single thing that is for me as a woman, I'm charging it to the joint account. I don't care that he's not going to use it. Mate, it's not a uh, luxury. It is an essential. It's going on the joint account. Of course, he's not going to benefit mutually from period pads, but... He might, (laughs) if it saves you having a breakdown. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Things like this, even condoms. Again, people question me why I buy condoms is because I need a specific type so I need latex free condoms because I am allergic to latex that's why I have to buy them if anybody has any resources or websites out there where you can get latex free condoms for free please let me know because the doctors don't tend to have latex free ones to hand out and the other thing that people ask me is contraception why do you only use condoms and for me there's a couple of reasons so One, if I took the normal pill, well, first of all, I can't take the normal pill because the normal pill causes blood clots. Mm -hmm. So for someone with a long-term health condition like myself, it's actually really dangerous to take that normal pill. And Mm -hmm. for me to take the other pill, again, I'm not very familiar with the names of them, but there's the other type of pill, which I think is pedestrian uh, pedestrian only. (laughs) See, you can tell I'm not up to date with even the names of the hormones. Pedestrian only pill. What's it called? Progesterone, Pro- 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 isn't it? Progesterone. Pro- 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 I, I don't know. What's the name? I think it's... Pro- they I call it, it is. the yeah, it's progest- No, it's progesterone, it is. Right, estrogen and pedestrian, uh, pedestrian whatever. Progesterone. Progesterone. <laughs> that oh pill God. doesn't cause you to have a period. And that is a nightmare. Because for me, the only way I'm going to know that I am not pregnant every month is when Mm. your period finally arrives. And again, I would need to uh, have a proper chat with the the doctor as to whether it is the right thing for me. So I don't know if you have any other experiences or is it, uh, obviously in South Asian culture, it's taboo to talk about contraception and sex. 
Oh, yeah. Like, it, it links very closely to religion as well. With contraception, it's, it's the whole idea that you shouldn't have control over whether you have a baby. That's not up to you. It's God's choice. So a lot of people don't actually use contraception, which is why they have really big families. And I know that in some cultures and in some places, you have to have big families because there's such a child mortality rate. So obviously having more children increases the likelihood of child surviving, which is absolutely fine. But I think in this day and age, number one, financially, like it's just not feasible in this country to have like six, seven children. It's crazy. Number two women's bodies just every time you have a baby they're just being broken more and more it just gets to the point like especially if both partners need to be working again it's the financial stress of one partner working while the other one is having a baby all the time so it is it is a big taboo and I, I the only way I was ever taught about anything to do with sex education or contraception or safe sex or whatever was at school and luckily I went to an all-girls school so it was weird because at home, there was just zero communication about any of this. But then when I was at school, because because everyone was going through the same thing at the same time, pretty much. Yeah, it was kind of uh, it was kind of awkward at the beginning when, you know, you would have a swimming lesson and like three or four girls wouldn't be doing it. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. and no one would ever talk about yeah. it. But then as you got older, it was nice because you could just talk about it openly. And it was from there that I actually learned, like, from my friends and from, like, bringing science lessons, what contraception was and what STDs were. Yeah. And obviously, I wasn't really worrying about it at the time, but it just makes you think about how much you actually learn from outside sources. And if they're the wrong sources, that's where problems occur. So when it comes to the contraception, like I, I just went straight to the doctors and was like, what is going on? What is this? What does this yeah, mean? Yeah, of course. Because there's no better resource and there's no better person to ask than someone who knows exactly what they're talking about. So. And a lot of the, a lot of my research is done. So obviously doctors can't always be available and they're always under a time constraint. So most of the time I spend researching on the NHS website for anybody who yeah, yeah. is interested and maybe doesn't know where to look because you can't talk about it at home. NHS or like I should say go to your doctor these are the best resources they go into so much detail about yeah, the pros and cons of every contraception for example and if you ever need anything for free the doctors can definitely help you out like I said you've got free contraception and I know there's a lot of movements around the world that are trying to like stop taxes on pads and tampons yeah the tampon tax because yeah having a period is not a luxury believe it or not <laughs> it's not a luxury yeah and there's loads of uh, movements and charities i know in the world as well that are giving kind of sanitary towels as well to people who can't afford them or who live in areas of the yeah. world where periods are you know a non-existent topic or you know, women's health, women's sexual health is a non-existent topic. Because I follow a lot of these pages on, on Instagram and they're doing some amazing stuff. Because think about it, if you're like in the middle of nowhere and you start your period and you don't have any... Like, what do you do? Like, I literally don't understand what you would do without anything... To help, you know, of to, course. To, yeah, like any, any sanitary towels or pads or whatever, like... It's just an awful, awful situation. So this is why I think it's just so open to be talking about it because the more people know about it and, you know, there's more awareness, the more... 
we can then try and help others who aren't in such a privileged position yeah yeah I mean we're lucky in the sense that not only do we have the products but also we have the education which is so important like you said I also had this discussion earlier in East Asia so they don't really have proper sex education out there and she like my friend said you know if you don't get educated on it you're going to end up looking on some dodgy youtube sites and learning in the wrong way from the wrong person no it's so true like especially like so in pakistan the majority of people learn about sex from porn because there is just no there's no sex education nothing's talked about in schools nothing's talked about at home Obviously, everyone is so sexually frustrated anyway because of how conservative the country is. So obviously, you know, especially young guys who kind of are learning about everything because the majority of schools over there are single sex anyway. Right. So obviously all the guys are egging each other on and blah, blah, blah. And even the girls, like nothing's ever talked about. So all they're learning from is online websites and porn websites. And then it's just like when you get married and, you know, you start doing all this stuff for the first time, you're like, hang on, that's not like it was (laughs) in that movie. Definitely not like like the reality. Really? (laughs) But... But honestly, it's like even now when I when I go over, this was this wasn't even that long ago. This was literally back in January and things are kind of starting to 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 move and roll over there. But on the TV, there was an advert for pants that came on in my in-laws house. Mm -hmm. And my my mother-in-law got so angry. Why? She gets so angry when things like that come on the screen and there's like men and women like there's like loads of people in the room. Because it's just such a taboo to talk about. Like, even women giving birth, men are not allowed. Like, they do not go into the room where women give birth because it's a woman's it's a woman's really? job that men just should not be involved in. It's crazy. So who's holding their hand? So it'll either be, like, the sisters or the mothers or the nurse oh. or, like... Yeah, it will be it will be a relative, like, a female relative. But men, men wait outside. Oh, my God. I'm like... Jesus, like, that's their kid being born. Like, I get it. Like, I do understand it because even anything like nakedness or anything along those lines, it's just completely... Men and women are just completely segregated. There's just no chat between them, no openness, nothing. But I just think that just makes the situation worse. Yeah, I mean, that's something I also wanted to talk about, actually, is kind of the not the relationships between men and women in terms of sexual intimate relationships like I said we'll save that for another podcast episode but again this is very cultural and as someone from like a South Asian background your views or the views that you're supposed to have are going to be very different but I mean in terms of male and female friendships how have they gone down in the past for you? (laughs) Not very well um but the thing is, like, I myself am a walking taboo when it comes to South Asian culture. Like, oh, 100%. <laughs> I just do everything and talk about everything I'm not actually supposed to. But where's the fun in not doing that? So <laughs> <laughs> well, so when I was growing up, I think naturally because I was in an all-girls school, a lot of my friends were girls anyway. But I grew up around, like, boy cousins. I've had a lot of boy right. cousins... I also have got a brother. I've got a lot of uncles. And I just naturally 
liked the company of boys just because of how, I don't know, chill they are? I don't know. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it just... Growing up in an all-girls school, it was just a lot of bitchiness and a lot of, like... I'm not a gossipy person. I don't like... I don't like it. I find it boring. Why are you talking about people behind their back? It's going to accomplish anything. It's just time waste. I just cannot be asked with that. So going to uni, like I naturally made a lot of different types of friends because that's what you do at uni. You mix with a lot of different types of people. Of course. And then, yeah, I think it was ever since I met Rahan that kind of my relationships changed. But up until that point, it wasn't really, it wasn't really too much of an issue. My parents are very, very chill. But I, like I said, I'm a taboo in this. In South Asian culture, very typically, men and women as friends, you need to be very, very careful. You need to be very, very careful. Mm-hmm. So in Pakistan, like I know for a fact that men and women cannot hang out in public. Does Rahan have any female friends? He does, but it's very much a social media relationship. And if they meet, then there will be like escorts everywhere. Like they would never meet up alone. Right, okay. They would always be, they would always have to be like in a group of people or like with someone else there. It's, it's so I, weird. I remember at your wedding. <laughs> oh my God. Like I remember there was just one photo from the wedding and I was literally, like, guys, oh no God. exaggeration. I was literally sitting on his lap, right? I was so <laughs> I, close to this guy. I don't even know how that came about. Like, I just think there was, like, no space. <laughs> I wasn't obviously sitting on him. But you I would have crushed the boy, for starters. <laughs> but I was, like, so tight up to him. And the, and I wanted... It's such a nice photo of the three of us and another friend. And I was like, okay, I can't put this on Facebook. I can't put this on Instagram because... I don't want anybody from his side, his family, seeing him sat next to, like, literally centimetres apart from another woman. And it shouldn't matter, but it is true. Like, I am, with so many Asian friends, I am very wary of my actions around people. Mm -hmm. So, like, for example, one time I I went to, like, a a restaurant. I didn't know it was going to be a uh, predominantly Muslim restaurant, but I went in shorts and I felt so awkward because I was the only one that was wearing like a vest and shorts, for example. Mm-hmm. And now every, every time I go out with like Asian people, I just try to like, I'm, I'm not one for provocatively dressing anyway, but I just try to cover up anyway because you just don't know where you're going <laughs> to end up. I don't want to be... <sighs> Mate. No, you're probably one of the most conservative people I know anyway. Which is so ironic, because I could talk about sex all day long. Not Again, not in a perverse way, but I am open to talking about it yeah. in a in, in a genuinely concerning way. Mm. So, you know, I, I was the first out of my friends to get my smear test. Oh, yeah, you were. So I didn't want yeah. it to be a secret. I didn't want it to be a... You know, I didn't want people to feel frightened because mm. I was the first one out of my friends to turn 25. So I didn't want to be like, right, guys, let's just, you know, brush this under the carpet. I wanted to let everybody know it was OK. Yeah. And even though I had a very intriguing experience with the, the woman, I don't know if you remember that story I showed yeah, with my first smear test. We'll save that for a PG episode. Jesus. But um, it was an interesting experience. To say the least. But... <laughs> I don't mind sharing these stories because I want to let the girl, like the, the women around me know it's fine. You're going to be fine. It is a really nerve wracking experience, but 
literally, if you relax, you'll be fine. So I just wanted to let everybody know. And if people like, this is why so many people ask me these things. Like I'm not a bloody expert. Mm. I've only ever had sex with one man my entire life. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to be world expert on contraception or, or relationships, you know, but because I am openly talking about these topics, women and other friends, even men. So quite a few men feel like they can talk to me about Mm. something that's going on in their relationship or something that's going on in with their partner yeah and ask about what I do yeah because they have no one else to talk about it mm. so they can't ask their sister like a man would feel awkward asking their sister mm. his mum mm-hmm. if they don't have any other female friends and if they do have another female friend maybe she's not up for talking about it because mm. people are private so quite a few men who are in relationships again should I be so close with so many men well if my partner's okay with it and I'm comfortable with it, and they're comfortable with it, why shouldn't it be okay? Honestly, it's so true. Like, to be honest, like, Rahan's obviously, he's come from a quite conservative background, and some of the things that he tells me that obviously happen around, like, in Pakistan, and, like, what a lot of people think over there, like, I really, I, I understand, because he's grown up in that environment, but I really, really do try and open his mind, and he, I've, I've, I've literally had to teach him so much about like the truth about things when it comes to like sex or women's bodies or things like that because obviously I learned about them like in a from a scientific or like a healthy point of view from school or doctors or whatever but over there like obviously he's not going to go and ask his sister or his mum or his female friends about their periods like obviously they're just going to have no idea and if it is a private matter like obviously we're not saying you should talk about these things if it is private and you are yeah, of course. sensitive about it yeah fine yeah but but just don't if you if you want to learn about them and you're genuinely interested and you don't feel like you can talk to anyone who's female don't learn from porn <laughs> that is <laughs> the biggest thing is like Learn from proper resources, like learn from, you know, actual educational websites. Because, I mean, I'm not talking about him here, but obviously he went to an all-boys school and he was in and around that environment a lot. And because of how the nature of that, you know, how the society is, the way they talk about these things is so is so exaggerated and it's just so not true, which means that there's so much pressure on women to fulfill all of these like exotic fantasies that men think should be normal. Do you know what I mean? Like, because they're learning from porn. Because they're learning from dodgy websites. So things like Damn. things like even, you know, the colour of a woman's skin, it shouldn't be dark because everyone yeah. who's a porn star probably doesn't have darker skin. Like in South Asian culture, the lighter your skin is, the more beautiful you are, which makes it yeah. difficult for darker We've girls. We've spoken about the, yeah. the issue of colorism, yeah. Yeah, um, and even, like, body hair on girls. It's a thing! It's a normal thing! Body hair on girls! Let's say it louder! Girls have body on their hair. Uh, sorry, girls have hair on their body. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but but because of, you know, the way women are represented in social media, like even in even in British and American and European culture, you know, it's just not a thing to be talked about when, you know, women start growing hair on their legs. It's like, what is happening? It's like, I'm sorry, we're not, you know, angels from another universe. We are human beings <laughs> just like We've you. just fallen perfectly onto this world. We're like hairless. <laughs> um, and it's just like... Imagine if a woman was like, oh, actually, I prefer if your legs were shaven. I'm not a fan of 
hairy legs or a hairy chest, get rid of it, yeah. or a hairy back. How awful is that going to make them feel? There's like... hair in places on men I don't appreciate, but I'm not going to tell them to shave it. Exactly. Like, get with the times, people. Yeah, honestly, honestly. So this is... This is why I think it's just so, so important to be talking about it. And even growing up, like my mom, she's not a very like open person when it comes to stuff. Like she hates awkwardness. She just hates awkward topics. It's so funny. But my dad grew up with four sisters. Right. Okay. So my dad is very, very like caught up. And obviously both me and my sister came first. Like my brother's the youngest. So having two daughters, a wife and four sisters, like my dad's probably the most all knowledgeable person in the world right. when it comes to female problems. And I had quite a close group of friends at school, so who I went to for a lot of stuff. Like even my friends' mums were willing to talk to me about certain topics that my own mum wasn't, just because it was such still such a like non-talked about topic, sex and mas- even like mass things like masturbation. But my sister and my dad are really, really close. So a lot of like the deep chats that you would normally have with your mom as a girl, like we used to have with dad. <laughs> so so it was it was quite nice. And I think it's just it's just appreciation of men who are aware yeah. of these things. Just because it's just so nice that you can talk to your husband, you can talk to your dad. Because they're the ones who are going to make a difference. Yeah, you need that support system around you. If your your partner, your boyfriend, your husband, your dad isn't on board, then, you know, when your mum isn't there or when you have a female person yeah. not there and you're you're suffering from, you know, from, from something, whether it's menstruation or whether it's a, a, a problem you really need to speak about and they're, they're not available, you need to have the men in your life as well. And it's something that, Michelle Obama actually mentioned on her podcast so obviously we can't talk about menopause because we haven't got to that stage in our lives yet but she speaks (laughs) openly with her group of friends and female friends about the menopause what to be expected what's to come and also she says look don't turn off this podcast if you're a man or don't turn off this podcast if there's a man in the room turn it up because the men in your life need to know about it and that's why we wanted to share about our experiences and shout about it from the rooftops guys this episode may have been completely what you've been looking for you've been really engaged and you're like yes Aish Yvonne keep speaking about these topics you may have already turned off this episode because it's so damn gross to you you don't want to know about it but if you do have any other topic suggestions or any other things you want us to discuss we want to do a couple more like awkward taboo like we said we're going to do a relationships one we're going to do a culture clash potentially we also want to discuss nakedness a little bit more because I feel like nakedness is definitely something that happens a lot in other cultures but not so much in the UK so that's something I really want to Mm -hmm. explore more of the amount of times I've been called prude is ridiculous so I really want to discuss (laughs) this But guys, thank you so much for listening. Like I said, any other topics you want us to talk about, let us know. Any topics you thought, oh, a bit too much, but you appreciate us talking about it anyway. Again, we appreciate the feedback. And we hope this was a bit more of a lighthearted one leading up to Christmas. So thank you so much, guys. Yeah, definitely. Thanks so much, guys. Um, I really enjoyed recording this episode and there's a lot more to come. So stay tuned. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye.